What's going on? Welcome to Sports on Tap Seattle, brought to you by the Sports on Tap. This episode is the Seattle Seahawks preview edition, baby. And plus, we have some more stories. The Huskies suffered the worst loss in program history, and the Mariners are still in a wild card chase. Uh, we also have a very, very, very short story about hookers. So you probably don't want to miss that. Uh, that's what they call a bait and hook. You have to listen to the end to find out about the hookers. I'm going to be joined by my co-host, my brother, Sammy Jarjour. And before this episode gets started, this is brought to you by the Sports on Tap. And we like to say cheers to Seattle. Well, this could have been another beautiful day as a Seattle sports fan. And it still is because, George, we got Dwayne Brown. But can I tell you why today's episode could have been even more sweet? Or let me see if you know why, obviously. If the Mariners won yesterday, it would be a game and a half back of a wild card spot. Is that probably, That's what I'm going to assume you're, you're hinting at right now. That's part one. Part two would also be if the Washington Huskies obviously didn't blow a game to the Montana Grizzlies. So, as usual, George... What do we have to look forward to as Seattle sports fans? The Seattle Seahawks. That was a very nice transition, man. I'm shocked by the transition moves there. I mean, I got to say, total A-plus transitions. You know, I, I do I do know what I'm doing out here, so I'm trying my best. And Sometimes. I got my Sonics, hats on, Sonics hat on. Obviously, if you had the Sonics, too, it would be some, some more great things to look forward to. But we're not quite there yet. But the good news is, before we get into the season preview of the Seahawks, of course, we're going to talk about Dwayne Brown. And the reason everyone loves Dwayne Brown is because Russell Wilson probably loves it. And he's a great player to have. Um, and I know you consider it one of the most important positions in football, right? I mean, of course, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, football, I always say, is a pretty simple game if you actually want to break it down. You, you want to have a good quarterback. You want to protect that good quarterback. I mean, you want to go hit the other team's quarterback. So uh, now we have our guy to protect our quarterback. We have our quarterback. And we got some guys on the defensive side of a ball who can hit the quarterback. So it's shaping out to be a pretty good roster. That's exciting, actually. Yeah, it really is. Uh, um, and the nice thing of Dwayne Brown, I think the biggest concern for everybody, right, was that he mm-hmm. I mean, as much as I look anymore. I'm, I'm glad the Seahawks found a way to keep him around this year. He has a little of his injury protection, right? They basically guaranteed his all his money this year and like his signing bonus and gave him a $2 million protection for next year. So at 36, that's great. My biggest worry was, to be honest, that we were going to have to re-sign him to like a three-year deal, and I would not have loved that. So I think the Seahawks kind of got exactly what they could have wished for, right, with this with this deal. Yeah, and man, the cool thing with this, uh, which I was surprised by, I saw him put up post on Twitter like, oh, year 14, and I was kind of shocked. Dwayne Brown's in his 14th season. So, yeah, the Seahawks did right, and I think he knows when you say that number 14 years, like every athlete thinks that they could defy logic and play forever, unless your name is Tom motherfucking Brady. Usually there is a uh, ending to the you know years and years and years and years. I'm not saying this is the end for Dwayne Brown. I hope he lasts a long time. But that's why he's probably more willing. If he was in year eight of his career, he might not be so willing to you know restructure the way he did and re and come back and play in, at this you know the way he is right now. Yeah, it's it's simply because he's 36. But he gets good money this year, and you know in his defense, if he just plays really, really good again this year. If he becomes an all-pro or does whatever he needs to do, 
he might get a two, three year contract again. You never know. So I think this works out perfectly for him because yeah, we, we, we couldn't give him something crazy and at least he gets to play. And I know him and Russell Wilson have a good relationship and here we are. The Seahawks got Dwayne Brown and there's only one guy left really that's causing more, not causing anything, but is, you know, the, the lasting of our disputes or holdouts and he's not holding out. So Quandre Diggs is not holding out, but it does sound like he was finishing like some type of insurance policy for himself in case he gets hurt, which is smart to do. We've seen a lot of players lose money based off that. So uh, he's going to be playing and I think he's another guy, right? We don't want to lose the Adams Diggs thing, but he's smart. I think he's just protecting himself for next year. And then if he plays well enough, he's probably going to get his money next year too. Why are NFL contracts so damn complicated? Why can't it just be like major league baseball? I make seven years, $49 million in like, it's so complicated, like insurance policy, this incentive, that incentive. I know there's some incentives in baseball, but God, man, the NFL's uh, way of doing their uh, their contracts is confusing. Like even you need like every team has a guy called a capologist. That's how confusing it is. Yeah. Well, the hard thing too is injuries. There. I mean, like you the you have a lot of injuries that happen in in different in football and like. Football's the type of sport you can deteriorate really fast if an injury right. is something that's happening, right? Like, I, I think it's simple that, you know, a guy like, first of all, the cap's confusing, like you said, yes. And number two is, is the injuries. Like, I don't think, you know, it's when, when your cap's that difficult, yeah, you can't sign a 36 year old Dwayne Brown, like, overnight like that. Right? No, you like, cannot. Anything. So, I don't know. I, I agree with you, though, at the same time that, like, it probably it shouldn't be at baseball standards where it's, no caps because I think that would just get a little insane. But it also is should not be as difficult as it, as it is. Like it's not like the Seattle Seahawks have a super duper team, right? Right. Like we have like oh we have five all pro linemen. We're gonna sign them all off no cap. We're pinching pennies and we we still have a team that might not win a Super Bowl. So it's like yeah, and we traded Witherspoon right like what last week for a fifth round pick that cleared some money off our cap too and. Our cap situation, like I saw you actually posted on Twitter. What was it last week or a week ago? And you were like, "Can anyone actually explain the, uh, the, the the Seahawks cap? How much money they have left?" And people explained it to you, in kind of. But I think we had like what thirteen million left in cap space. Uh, it's on. Everyone, tell me to look at overthecap.com. Um, we, but it still confuses me, so I'm not quite sure. But it looks like, I let's see, we have. Caps seven million six hundred thousand this year. Okay, so we can still go get a like we can resign digs. We can go get a corner. We can do a lot of different things. So, and you know, it's pretty impressive if you actually think about it for a team. Because I I did hear today I think on uh, Colin Cowherd's show like Russell Wilson seventeen percent of our cap hit, which is like double what like Tom Brady is, for example, at Tampa six times what Lamar Jackson is and uh, Baker Mayfield are. And somehow we, I mean, we went, Schneider is just doing a great job to actually still have all this cap space, have 17% of it going to Russell Wilson and still have some elite players all around the field. Yeah. I mean, because we're lucky. I mean, you look at a guy like uh, Chris Carson, right? A lot of people consider him a top five to top 10 running back. Probably he only has a $2.7 million cap hit. You know who that's behind, George? That's behind Jordan Brooks, Carlos Dunlap, Collier, Rashad Penny, Gerald Everett, Myers, Adams, Diggs, Lockett, Brown, Wagner, and Russell Wilson. So, and Brandon Snell, Brandon Shell, sorry, who's not very great. And so, 
we have some guys just on some lower cap hits. Dunlap at 2.9 and Carson at 2.9 and all these different things. It's just crazy when you look at the cap number for Russell Wilson because you just mentioned how much it is, right? Right. There's only three guys over 10 million. You had Dwayne Brown at $13 million cap hit, Bobby Wagner at 17, and Russell Wilson at a $32 million cap hit. Jeez. For this year. But uh, the, you know how it is in football. There's ways to spread it out throughout the years and – who knows how it works? Exactly. Well, so I'm glad we got Dwayne Brown. Um, and I guess that might just bring us right into this. Sam, are you excited? I mean, this is it. Uh, all of the preseason charades are over. The off season's over. We're going to wake up Sunday morning. What charades, George? Huh? <laughs> I said, what charades? I don't know. There's, Russell I, Wilson. <laughs> the, the preseason charades, man. I feel like the preseason is just like all this hoopla and stuff. I mean, I, I, I'm... There is so much excitement for this season. We and I'm just I, I cannot. Sunday morning we're gonna wake up and watch NFL football. Although I, I do wish that that game against the Colts this Sunday was in our normal slot, that 1 p.m. slot or 3 p.m. for us here where we're at right now. But I I don't love the morning slot on the first game of the year because you're competing with so many other games on TV. Uh, That's I, true. I just don't like having like the Seahawks on with 30 other games on. But it's here, and yeah, you're right. I'm excited, and uh, I know both of us kind of, you know, we have our, we did the little, what's it called, playoff predictor machine mm-hmm. thing online to uh, map out what we think the Seahawks are going to do this year. Um, and I want to say my first takeaway, really, is uh, I have the Seahawks, fun fact, going 8-0 and at home. Uh, fun fact: As the Seahawks going seventeen and zero, winning the Super Bowl, not losing any games, not even a single digit close game. Maybe against the Rams, we win by nine. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I think I might have had them going eight and zero at home too, especially after a year where we had no fans. Uh, I believe I have them. Let's see. I'm gonna just look really quickly. I have them eight and zero at home as well. I, I think that's the beauty of the Seahawks schedule is that. Um, I think when I'm looking through it, I think some of our most tough games are on the road, um, including like the Packers, Steelers, a game, of course, at the Rams, maybe at the Niners. Uh, I kind of like some most of your tougher games being on the road because you can afford to lose a couple games on the road. If you're, if you have an easy home schedule, especially with the crowd that Seattle has and usually the home field advantage they have eight and O is possible. And once you snag, if you snag eight and O. You know, at home, you can go 500 on the road and still make make the playoffs. No, no, totally. And I mean, other than okay, so he's got Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry come in week one to to or week two to Seattle for our home opener. But if you go look through the schedule, you got the Saints. I love Jameis Winston, but Jameis Winston tends to throw a lot of interceptions. Coming to Seattle, you have who I think is going to be a great rookie, Trevor Lawrence, but still a rookie coming to Seattle. Week 16, the Bears. Probably by then, Justin Fields, rookie quarterback, coming to Seattle. Week 17, the Lions. The Lions are going to be atrocious, most likely. Coming to Seattle. So you're right. A lot of our easy games are at home. So, um, and a couple rookie quarterbacks. And I don't think rookie quarterbacks, no matter if their name are Trevor Lawrence or, or what, are not going to have success coming into Seattle. Um, if I'm not mistaken... I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay, yeah, the Seahawks are twelve and two 
against rookie quarterbacks since 2005. And I believe during the Pete Carroll era, Pete Carroll era, I don't think they've ever won a game. Okay. In the rookie season. See, see what I mean? I believe. I'm not sure if that one's correct, but but they're two and twelve dating back. Twelve to, and two. Twelve and two. Yeah, sorry. No, two and twelve. I mean, I'm saying the rookie quarterback. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you meant the Seahawks. The rookie quarterbacks are two and twelve at at at, at Seattle, back, dating back to 2005. Makes perfect sense to me. So, and that's the likes of people like Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray. You know, a lot of great. There was that Deshaun Watson. I do remember that Deshaun Watson game when he was a rookie and he came in involved. We ended up winning that game, or is that the one we lost? Remember that game Deshaun Watson came, I think, through five touchdowns? I don't know if that was rookie year, but Deshaun Watson lost his rookie year. Okay. All right, cool. So maybe that wasn't his rookie year, and maybe it was. Maybe that's just he threw five touchdowns and lost the game as well. Yeah, I I don't remember. So, uh, but it's going to be tough for for young teams and, you know, to be honest, I think the toughest part of our home schedule is going to be just against division opponents that are used to it, like the Rams, the Niners, and the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, if any team is more prepared to come to Seattle and win, it's those teams, um, mm-hmm. especially the Rams and Cardinals this year because they don't have you know quarterback questions or in like different things. The 49ers, you never know by week 13 who's going to be the quarterback. Yeah, it might be a rookie quarterback as well. <laughs> yeah. So I think the Rams and the Cardinals at home is going to be some of the tougher games we have uh, at home. But, man, I, I think the Seahawks have a pretty tough schedule when mm-hmm. I when you look at it, really. Uh, but I'm going to – I want to break down where I have them losing this year. All right, let's see if we have the same losses. I have them losing week four in San Francisco. I have them also losing week four in San Francisco. I think we're going to be on the same page on this. Is that because you think it's still going to be Jimmy Garoppolo? The team's going to kind of be in the okay flow. Yeah, that's how I feel. And, I mean, I can't just – have like, if I didn't have them doing that, I think I would have had them go starting off the season one, two, three, four, five, and oh, and I didn't want them starting off five and oh. It seemed too, like, great. That's fair. So you just gave away your next loss, which is at the Steelers. At the Steelers, yeah. That was my uh, second loss of a season. So that's also where I have it. And now, I won't be shocked if they win in Pittsburgh because this all depends on how Big Ben is this year. Uh, yeah, if absolutely. Big Ben's not good enough, the Seahawks are probably going to win this game. But I'm going to go out on a limb and assume they brought him back. It sounds like he's maybe taking his health more seriously, which is something new. And playing in Pittsburgh is never easy. A week after, you know, I mean – Man, we're going Colts, Titans, Vikings, Niners, Rams, and then at Pittsburgh. Like, that's not an easy week to have. Our start of a season <laughs> is brutal because the Vikings are good. And the Saints, I think, I mean, the Saints were a – We don't know yet. Well, no, but last year there were a team that was in the NFC Championship game. Or no, uh, one game before the NFC or NFC Championship game. I forget which one. So, I mean, yeah, they changed their quarterback, but they still have a very high-end roster. From what I'm reading, though, they've lost a lot of pieces from their high-end roster, defensively and offensively. I mean, like, receivers-wise. I don't know. I, yeah. They're not as good as they were last year. I'm just saying that that start of the season. an upgrade. You never yeah. know. Yeah, it might be an upgrade. So I'm just saying the first six weeks, I think seven, are brutal. Yeah, it's tough. And thankfully, we'll have a bye. So we both obviously have San Francisco and Pittsburgh being losses. And do you have at Green Bay being a loss? <laughs> at Green Bay is my third loss of the season, yeah. Me too. But here's the thing. With that, and I'm, I've contemplated changing it. Although, like I have the I have the Seahawks at twelve and five. Same here. Four sounds a little crazy, um, but we're coming off a bye week, and that's you know, and it's I think, 
And it depends. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be on his period, or is Aaron Rodgers going to be happy? Like, we have no idea. If he's if he's menstruating at the moment, he would be. It might be a win. If they're like five and four at that point, he's going to be pissy, and yeah. the Seahawks are off a bye. You never know. You never know, really. Yeah, if he's in a bad mood, you actually never know. Uh, but Seahawks off a bye. You never know what this. First of all, let's just start with this, George. Those are always classic games for some reason, somehow. There's only one of them that wasn't classic. It was a Sunday night football game years ago, and they beat us like 45 to 3 or some crazy number. I mean, and I don't want to bring this up, but they're forgetting about the massacre two years ago in the playoffs where Trey Flowers was looked like a child against Devontae Adams. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's uh, move on now. Okay, what's, what's your next one? No, I do actually want to say something about this. Oh, go ahead. I'm just joking I, around. I, I think one thing that – I think it was a topic last year um, – from somebody's podcast that they were talking about how Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are maybe like the actual like rival, like the Manning uh, Brady of this area, even though Rodgers is much older. He never really had the same rivalry with Brady or with Manning. Rodgers and Wilson do seem like they have this interesting like correlation of why they're kind of rivals, even yeah. though not in the same division and they don't play every year. I totally agree, and I think they hate each other, to be honest with you. I don't think they're – I'm sure they have a mutual respect as far as, like, well, yeah, I know he's good and he's good. But I don't think they're, like – Brady and Manning, you know, they played golf together. They college. I don't think Rodgers is taking Russell Wilson's Bible verses and, uh, and, and, and text messages at all. He doesn't even talk to his own mom yeah, and dad. Mean, like, and then we Russell Wilson. That, that I was going to say, we're just talking about yeah, difference yeah. of personalities. You have Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are, like – dedicated to the game family men kids wives like i don't know like different all these different interests like and then you have russell wilson and rogers rogers just got engaged at 39 i think or 40 whatever i think he's 39 and you know like you said maybe he had some family issues he's made fun of russell wilson like being religious he'd be like oh what do you say like he Did said, I guess, you in this, I guess this week, uh, this time around, uh, God is a Packers fan, not a Seahawks fan. <laughs> it's such a good quote, though. I know. <laughs> like, it's kind of funny. But they don't like each other. I agree. Yeah. Uh, my next loss after that comes week 15 against the Rams. Oh, okay. Mine comes week 12 at football team. Oh, at the football team. Which one? The, the Washington one. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, what a name. Actually, by the way, I actually really like the name. Me too, and they better not change it. They're going to. I mean, you can't have good things in life. Yeah, but you, why, why Washington? Just because because that D line. That D line's good. It's Monday Night Football. I think we would have come off like I had to. I I wanted. To, I had us going twelve and five. Look, one of these losses that I have might end up being a win, and one of my wins might be a loss. So like, I just like Adam thirteen and four. I was looking, not looking, but like, okay, where could there be a falter? Monday Night Football against the Washington football team could be a falter. My only issue with it is that you know the Seahawks team has a pretty impeccable like uh, primetime totally. record. Totally. I, I, I'm not saying like I guaranteed – like I just – I was looking for a fifth loss. That was my fifth loss. Okay, and I have another comment about that yeah. game. It's kind of what you said about Rodgers. You said is Rodgers on his period or not? Well, it honestly depends. What stage is Fitzmagic happening at this point of the season? Yeah, is it fits magic or fits tragic at the moment? Yeah, because it, it can come anytime. It doesn't have to be weeks one through six. It can come nine through 15, and you just caught the bad yeah. moment. Of <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I don't have them losing that. So I, I my next one, like I said, was Rams week 15. 
I, I just always feel like we split with the Rams. Yep, that's where I have them losing to week 15 Rams. And I'm just wondering where your fifth loss is. Well, so you have them winning the rest of the way? Yeah. Because you got Bears, Lions, uh, Bears, Lions, Cardinals. For me, it's the classic. You have to have the mess up in Arizona that the Seahawks usually have. Oh, okay. And they're going to lose to the Cardinals week 18. And there's another reason behind that. I think if we are sitting at 12 and four at that point, um, I'm hoping we pretty much have the division locked up or it's going to be close. But the Seahawks tend to have that last week always be something stressful. And in Arizona, I feel like there's been a tendency of us having weird games. I don't know if I'm, I don't know what the last couple of years are, but. Uh, yeah. See, my thing was I was like planning to go to that game. So I just didn't want to put a loss on there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we were planning on potentially going to the Washington football game. So yeah, yeah. Oh, the logic is not. We, if we change, if we do go to the Washington football game, I'll definitely change it to a win. I was gonna say that logic isn't has not worked, but your your logic just didn't make any sense there. But that's fine. Okay, let George. We're gonna let George have the logic that George wants to have. Yeah, it's the George logic. Well. I think they're going to lose to the Cardinals weekend. But you never know. If, Like I said, if it's a playoff clinching game or something, uh, my, my, my thoughts might change. But I, I just see it as it's Arizona. Weird shit happens when they play in Arizona usually. And hopefully by week 18, maybe we have the division wrapped up. I really, really, really hope so. All right. So we both have 12 and 5? Yep. And I think that's going to be just good enough to win the division. Me too. Uh, I think it's good because I honestly think the Rams, Seahawks, and 49ers are maybe three out of the four best teams in the NFC, but they're going to beat up on each other, right? Because I have a splitting against the 49ers and splitting against the Rams. I kind of expect those teams to split against each other as well. So even though I think we're three out of the four best teams in the NFC, I don't think any of us are going to end up with a, well, now it's only one bye week team. So I don't think any of us will end up with the best record in the NFC. Yeah, I actually have a splitting with every single one this year. Um. Yeah, I have them splitting with the Cardinals, Niners, and Rams. Um, but I don't know. That's very interesting. The order you you had the division in there yesterday. It was a pretty big topic on Seahawks Twitter. Uh, it sounds like a lot of people believe the 49ers are the worst team in the division this year. And I and that's, I that's weird on Seahawks Twitter that people believe that. Well, see, I knew that was a contradictory like term, but that's not weird. Everybody's in our division, so it's like. Somebody has to be a worse team. Yeah, but we, but the Seahawks fans tend to hate the 49ers with a little extra sauce. Yeah, but see, that, once again, that wasn't the point. The point was that they do have a weird situation at quarterback. Like, and I think there is a case in point to make that, like, you know, the Cardinals have tried, tried, I'm not saying it's going to work, have tried to stack their team up as a win-now team. Um, they know who their quarterback is. They have a great receiving core. They got pretty decent defense, depending on their health, obviously. Uh, and the Rams obviously are really trying to stack up to win. Right. My only reason that I think the 49ers could end up being the worst team in the division, by, and by worst team in the division, I mean like, I don't know, nine and eight, <laughs> like 10, and, <laughs> like this division is going to be good. The only reason I could see that is you could have a two bad game stretch from Garoppolo where they lose, and then Garoppolo gets benched, and you have two games of Trey Lance getting his feet under. You know, yeah, I mean, totally. So that's where the 49ers, they might have the best roster, but the quarterback situation can get really complicated, which is why I like they went with Garoppolo, right? Because, and I think you agree with that. Garoppolo was the right choice. He, he totally was. And you know, at the end of the day, we can finish last in a division. I'm picking us to finish first, but I wouldn't be shocked if we finished last. I mean, I'll break down the division as good as I can here. Uh, 
the Rams have the best defense in the division and possibly like the most upside because if Matt Stafford is a huge upgrade to Jared Goff, he could really take it over. Um, the 49ers have the best roster in the division. We have the best player in the division in Russell Wilson and the uh, Cardinals probably have the most uh, like tantalizing moments of a division. Like this team, if Kyler Murray takes that next step, all of a sudden he, he's the second best player in the division with Russell Wilson. And then all of a sudden you have a real playoff contender. So this whole division has like a lot of guys. Like you can make a case for the Cardinals finishing first or last. Every single team, like, oh, Rams, I can make a case for them being world beaters. Or if Stafford gets hurt, which, by the way, Stafford tends to get hurt. Like yeah. the worst team in the that's, that's where it gets interesting, too, like you said. I mean, you, a lot of these, there's a lot of question marks with all of these teams. And that includes the Seahawks. I mean, like the Seahawks aren't perfect in their situation right now. I think they're better off than they've been in a, a while. But, I mean, we still have questions at the corner. No fucking clue how we're going to guard any receivers. Our center position is bad. So you never know what's going to happen. Our best, our great running back, Chris Carson, tends to get hurt a lot. You really never know what happens in this league. And we do have a tough schedule. So, but I, and I, but I, think, I think it's fair to say we're probably not – I, you, we don't. We both are not the type of people that would just pick the Seahawks to win the division just because we're on a Seahawks podcast. Right. I do think this year they are the best team in the division, and by a very, very slim margin. Yeah, uh, I'm, it's close to me, but I, I'm taking the win the division just barely. I, I like when you have the best quarterback. That's just kind of how I usually tend to roll. Yeah, and but my my only thing is, like you said, it's really important is. Stafford can be right there if the, with that roster. I mean, we've never seen Stafford with a really good coach and roster. True. The and one time he had a top 10 defense was the one year they went to the playoffs, I think, against the Seahawks. True. That was so the one we'll time see. he had a top 10 defense in his career. And Kyler Murray, if he takes the next step, he does have DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green and a bunch of pieces. Fitzgerald's still there. So it can be crazy, but uh, you know what? Looks like the Seahawks, we both have them winning the division, which is exciting. Absolutely. All right, real quick, man. Uh, I guess that's our season preview. I want to talk about the Huskies real quick. We're playing Michigan on Saturday. I'm excited for the game. We haven't played Michigan in a long time. Uh, last time we played Michigan, Sammy, it was different days. They had Charles Woodson. We were both top 10 teams in the uh, in college football. Uh, I was a I was a pup in middle school thinking that you know my Huskies one day would win a national championship that my Mariners at the time were going to win a World Series soon and that my Sonics were on the right step. Uh, I don't have the Sonics anymore. The Mariners haven't made the playoffs I think since you know one year after that last time we played Michigan and the yeah at least we're both the Huskies and Michigan are the only two ranked teams to lose to Division One AA teams now in history. A lot of different times than last time the Huskies played Michigan. <laughs> yeah, and it's a it's a weird situation because what happened to Michigan when they lost to Appalachian State, whatever it was, like eight nine years ago, they've kind of never recovered fully, even with a Jim Harbaugh. Um, and now you have this situation with Jimmy Lake and the way UW lost to Montana. It's the first loss of a hundred years to Montana, and it's a season that we really thought was going to be potentially something special. Right. And this can really cause you to spiral out for 10 years. Cause I mean, I'm on Twitter before the Montana game this week and all I see is a bunch of recruits going to be at the game tonight. You know, like a lot of high school kids talking about, they're going to be at this UW game, excited to see the campus. 
you go and watch a loss like that to Montana, it's almost guaranteed you're not going to show up to that school. Yes. And that's a scary part of this all, right? I mean, what kind of recruits did we lose? What kind of like all the all the goodwill we built out over the last ten, six, seven, eight years with, you know, Sark and Chris Peterson, hopefully, you know, a win at Michigan and a really good run in the Pac-12 fixes all that because now you have to have a good run in the Pac-12. If you have a dwindling season, all the all the momentum we've gained over the last few years could be gone in a snap of a finger, and that's really scary. But we do have one hope, and that's Sam Heward on the bench, who was a top-five quarterback recruit. So if he comes in and he's, like, spectacular, whether it's this year or next year, that could fix a lot of things. But it's not a good situation to be in, I'll tell you that much. It has to be this year that Sam Heward comes in, and I'll tell you why. Because as, if, if, if they don't let him play this year and the season turns out average – he's going to start questioning his decision to stay at UW as recruits are diminishing. So you have to get him in early. Let, let's see if he has the talent because that's the only way we can save recruits. Uh, and I, because in let, which I'd be shocked unless the, the Huskies find a way to beat Michigan, go on and like beat Oregon later this year, maybe make a run at the PAC 12 championship recruits are going to diminish. It's like, yeah. But I'm not worried about Heward because Heward's a Husky. I mean, his dad's a Husky. His grandpa's a Husky. His, I don't give a his, shit. His uncle. That's not how life works. Yeah, but he's not going to leave the Huskies. Like that's that, not what. That's Heward, not true. That's Heward not Heward how does. life works. If the Huskies went three and seven, three and seven this year, a top five quarterback in the nation <laughs> might leave the Huskies. I mean, like that's just the reality of life. There's a lot of players that have gone to universities that their families went to and left, and vice versa, or came here after. Like Eason didn't come to UW and then came after because that's home. It, he he could leave. I mean, All right, I, we'll, we'll just agree to disagree here. He's not leaving under any circumstance. But okay, about okay. other recruits. wishful thinking. That's the stupidest argument in the world. But like, uh, I'm just I'm going to disagree with that. I know notion. this isn't an agree or disagree thing. I'm just saying there's a possibility someone leaves. That's a fact. A I think every player on this roster has a possibility to leave except Sam Hewitt. That's just my okay. thoughts. But yeah, once again, right. that, that's more wishful thinking. It, we always know it's a possibility. It's a possibility that anything happens in the world. If a team is awful, right? Like. It's going to ruin everyone around's career. And, I, and I, that's why you have to get in Heward early. And I think show if he's great, he's going to be great. And that's going to save recruiting. And otherwise, if you keep in, what's his name? Freaking Morris, Dylan Morris. Dylan Morris. And it's as bad as it was last week. And you lose to Michigan. Now you start up 0-2. And, and you're going into the Pac-12 of a bad momentum. And you end up winning three, four games this year. The next couple of years are going to be really scary for you. Yeah, especially with UCLA on the rise. USC is a top 20 team now. Oregon's still really good. I mean, thankfully you have Wazoo uh, still being Wazoo. But, I mean, this division – I mean, you have a sleeping giant. Arizona State's starting to play good. Arizona just hired a new coach. Like, th this is this is go time. I completely agree with you. I mean, Utah is going to be good regardless. Yeah, they have a great coach. Uh, there's actually – yeah, there's – I mean – I think where we're currently sitting, where is it? Oregon's ranked, UCLA's ranked, Arizona State, Utah, and USC. So, I mean, it's a very easy way. You're falling out of the top five in a Pac-12. Oh, yeah, no, totally, totally. I'm not I'm totally agreeing with you here. So hopefully we just turn it around, man. That was a bad that was a bad loss. It could be that it could be the beginning of a really bad time or a wake-up call that fixes everything. So yeah. It, like everything else in life, it could either be an over-exaggeration or really was that bad. Yeah, but it was a big deal. It's the worst loss in program history.
yeah, it's a big deal, but it doesn't like, but the big deal part's over with though. It's a big deal. But like you said, it's either going to, we're either going to survive or shit's really going to hit the fan. Exactly. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it survived. All right. Well, last yeah. story of the day, uh, Sammy, Seattle Reddit, we always enjoy it. For some reason, this is 13 hours old and has no upvotes. Well, I could see why, because it's a dumb title, <laughs> but I thought people would at least find it funny and upload it. So some guy put on I rig on Seattle Reddit. I regularly pick up hookers on Aurora, and here are my thoughts on Seattle Police Department. And so he went on. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically he's saying, "Oh, all these police officers are cracking down. They're all over Aurora, stopping people from hookers when really they should be stopping violent crime." Blah blah blah. But my favorite comment right away is the first guy said, "LOL, this guy's big time mad at the cops." Well funny obviously because like i'm pretty sure prostitution on the streets probably causes a little bit of a violence in itself or unsafety unsafety for the streets for the people for the girls for men for everybody um my, my big thing with this post was why would you willingly go on and talk about how you pick up prostitute, prostitutes regularly and how the cops are cracking down on you? Because the That's whole purpose, right. the whole purpose of it was stupid in general. The whole like post, what he's talking about, how he's like upset that cops are cracking down. But like, at what point do you have to be at? Like, or at what stage of your life do you have to be at where I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna go on Reddit, I'm gonna talk about how I regularly pick up prostitutes, and I'm pissed that the cops are figuring it out. I mean, there is some like what they call like uh, anonymity in, in Reddit. I think I finally said something right. And people cannot like, you know, arrest you, blah, 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 or can't like find you or you have no name. But in general, like you can't be some type of dumb to put that you're putting up hookers illegally on the Internet. Yeah, it's I don't know how to say anonymity or whatever. It's you saying you're kind of anonymous. I don't know what the right word was, but you meant anonymous, right? Yeah, yeah anonymity. I, I, I might be close. I might, if, if anyone knows if I'm right or wrong, let me know. We'll, we'll have to Google it and do the Google thing. We're like, anonymity. Yeah, we'll see. I think it's the right word. All right. Well, that's your weird Seattle Reddit story of the day. And uh, that's something we're going to do at the end of every podcast. So if you ever find anything interesting, at San Seattle, S-O-N-T Seattle, send it to us on all our social medias, wherever, DM us. And very interesting Reddit posts you see because we're going to try to do these at the end of every episode. We might do multiple if we have a couple good ones. Um, so enjoy what's going on with the Mariners. Hopefully we'll have a Mariners pod at the end of this week if, if things are going well. Maybe we can have a podcast on Friday telling you guys that the Mariners are uh, tied for the last wild card. Oh, I would cool. love that. I, that's some, that is some happy thinking there, man. Maybe it'll happen. You never know. Well, we'll, we'll be back. back. Uh, Appreciate all the support and love and make sure you guys uh, hit subscribe or whatever. Turn on your alerts on your podcast. We're on Apple now, finally. So Apple, Spotify, everywhere you listen, Google Podcasts, wherever you want. And uh, George? What's up, my man? This podcast was brought to you by the Sports on Tap. You know what we like to say? Cheers to Seattle. Peace.